Welcome to All The Therapies. We're two clinicians who try out different therapeutic practices so you can find the right type of healing for you. I'm Abby Crom. I'm Mona E. Shaker. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. Let's jump in now. Hey, Abs. How you doing? I'm good. How has your week been? You know, can't complain. Living Hmm. the dream. So what are you curious about this week, Abby? What am I curious about? So definitely puppies because I acquired one. And I knew that training would be involved, but there's like these whole YouTube universes that obviously I've never been a part of because I haven't had a puppy since YouTube existed. And so, yeah, (laughs) it's been really interesting to learn how puppies work and to kind of feel a little successful at it. I'm really glad this showed up in my feed. I think when I was researching puppies, obviously the algorithms picked it up. So I hadn't found a puppy yet, but all of a sudden this woman, Michelle Lennon, came up in my feed, in my YouTube. And so I clicked on one of her videos and she just explains it so straightforward. And now I've watched like 50 of her videos, I feel like. And so I've been really curious how puppies work and you can kind of figure it out if you pay attention. Totally, right? Yeah, I had a roommate in college who decided to just buy a puppy in college (laughs) and like there was no training. This guy was wild, man. Totally. Jump over the fence and we would just be chasing him across the street. Oh, God. (laughs) Like not a great idea. Poor, poor dog. And then I think it had to be sent away. That could be avoided. YouTube. That YouTube. It's like, I think people do just get them and think it'll be fine. And like, if you're not prepared, I don't know how you do it. It's already hard when I am prepared. So yeah, I'm also curious about people who get puppies without doing any research. (laughs) (laughs) And you grew up with a dog, right? I did. And we did get her blizzard. We got her when she was a puppy. And I just immediately was like, scared of her because she was nipping at us and my mom was like we made a commitment and like <laughs> you you either need to like just get over this or like you know we're gonna have to give blizzard away like she kind of like was just like I could tell she was at her wits end like we brought a dog into this house and now you're like hiding in your room she was just like no <laughs> so I did learn and she was trained like that's what it, but no she sorry she was potty trained that's about as far as we got Further than that, we did not train her. My mom was kind of weirdly anti-training and it was very difficult. So definitely as a response to my childhood, I already have (laughs) Sunny, my new puppy, in puppy classes. Yes. She's going to get the finest puppy education that, you know, we can get here in LA. Yeah. You're going to right those wrongs. Since we know each other since high school, I do remember being scared of your dog. Yeah. You, I remember I'd come having over. Like, hold yeah. her by the collar and you'd have to run by her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Run and shut the door. Yeah. It's just like, this is just how it is at our house. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully but, no repeats. But yeah, what are you curious about this week? Well, we're in May of the uh, second May of the pandemic and it's Drag Race Australia, season one, episode one. No spoilers, but they are so mean to each other. And like, I think that's part of the drag culture is like, there's a little bit of shade, but they're just straight up kind of nasty to each other. So that's what I'm curious about. Like, is that just, are 
Australian people a little bit <laughs> meaner? Is it like the drag scene there? Maybe it's so small, they're kind of competitive and they're feeling a little bit like in competition, which they are literally in a competition. That makes me, because we've watched every drag race season under the sun. And when we watched Britain, I feel like the Scottish queens even had a little bit of that dynamic. And like, maybe it's something about being in a smaller market or something like, sorry, totally. it's offensive to say Australian, Scotland or smaller markets, but I think <laughs> they are. And so I wonder, right, maybe it is that like competitive thing. Totally. When you're like known as like the queen of, you know, Australia, and then there's, yeah. you know, 10 others who are doing the same thing at it. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. So this week we are talking about breathwork um, and I'm really excited for this one. So, well, let me ask you, what did you know about breathwork? I know it wasn't like totally foreign to you, but what did you know about breathwork before doing this session? Sure. So I've done breathwork in the past and it's funny just to think now, again, we're in pandemic times, but just thinking about like a group breathwork session, like 50 people in a room breathing really hard, uh, it just seems... Uh, very uh, sacrilege right now, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went to a few breath work classes. I'd say the first one was like, I'd consider it transformative. Actually, I came in with some awareness again, this was like years ago, but mm-hmm. I know that there is a breathing pattern and that's really it. You're kind of like breathing this again, this layman's term, but it felt like, I can't think of the word, like, but you kind of, oh yeah. Forced oxygen or something like something like you're forcing your body into some type of reflex or something like, yeah, it's like a very physical experience. Yeah. I've done it. I had a really good experience and it was a group setting and I, it's like, I don't know how it works. I think that's like really what it comes down to is I can't wait to interview Nikki, the practitioner, but like what's actually happening. What's this breathing pattern that actually induces like a real physical reaction. And it's kind of, it's different. Yeah. It's different. So Yeah. And I've known about breathwork. I've done like a bunch of breathwork classes. So if you're new to breathwork, it's essentially like a three-part breath that you do. And I totally stumbled into it myself. I went to a class because it said breathwork and I was like, oh, like breathing. Okay. And then I got in there and the guy was like, we're about to do the most intense. It was a really intense teacher. He was like, (laughs) you're going to cry. You're going to laugh. I was just like, oh gosh, what did I get into, you know, and I just stayed because, you know, I was already there, but I was like, I'm not going to cry. Like I'm in a room full of strangers. And so you do this three part breath and it was, you can't describe, like, I didn't know something like this existed. I was like, this is something like different than anything I've experienced. And I'm, you know, cause I try so many things. It's like hard to surprise me. So it's like a surprising experience, I think. And it's different for yeah. everybody, but there are some similarities I think of what you experienced, but this was like your first one-on-one. Yeah. It was my first one-on-one. Exactly. And you're right. And in the first time, well, you primed me. So you're the one who introduced me to breathwork. We went together. It was nothing like I've ever experienced before. And it was really, really transformative. So yeah, this was my first one-on-one. I was very, very excited about it. And I could just go into it. So she sent me before we met, she sent me an email that was really nice, just Mm. like outlining it. And I'm so like, I think you and I are kind of similar, like sort of like prone to anxiety. Like I just need to know exactly what to expect. Yeah. So she sent an email out, just really like laying it out very clearly. Like it's going to be 30 to 40 minutes, you know, 30 minutes of the breath. I'll walk you through what it looks like, you know, wear something comfortable, make sure you have water, you know, have a mat or a blanket, anything that could be like really comfortable. 
get a journal out because we definitely want to integrate afterwards, which I thought was really cool. Oh, cool. Because I've never had that experience before of like a integrating that like immediate experience. I pillow. And then she said like, and have a pillow nearby, you know, because we're going to scream. And I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I've totally forgotten that that's a thing. It was just like this, like, again, it's such a physical, physical embodied experience. Yeah, like halfway through, you'll like primal scream just out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's funny because when the moment when I was actually there, I forgot to close my window. And so I'm sure my neighbors probably were worried. uh, (laughs) Is everything okay up there? But yeah, so she sent that email out. So that was really nice to prep beforehand. And then, yeah, we met. Oh, this is the other thing that I think was, it's kind of vulnerable. So I didn't know this practitioner before Mm -hmm. we met. We met via Zoom. And she said they have the camera on while you're laying down and I need to see kind of your upper body, which is like, it's just a vulnerable kind of state of being like, just having someone like looking at your body and then like your body laying down is like, like Like just put a video on your body and I'm going to watch you as you breathe with your eyes closed. Totally. And it was like one of those hot days too. So I wasn't wearing Uh, a bra. So there was just like (laughs) some insecurities were definitely creeping in for sure. And I didn't know her. She was really, I think with anybody else, I wonder if I'd have a different experience. Mm. She was just like really lovely and like just like one of those really warm, welcoming people, which I'm going to imagine most breathwork <laughs> practitioners probably have that if they're drawn to this practice. But yeah, so I think that was like the most, something that was like, it brought up anxiety. And that's a good thing because I think that that was like the big thing that came up for sure. And before we got started, actually, she walked me through the breath. So she's like, have you done this before? I said, Yeah but it's been a while. So it's that three-part breath. And maybe you can explain it better, but it was like, it's all shallow breathing. It's like a deep inhale from your stomach and then another deep inhale from your chest Mm -hmm. and then an exhale and in quick succession. So it's like a... (gasps) (gasps) So one breath, (gasps) other breath. (sighs) And we started slow because it was actually really hard to like, because it's not how I naturally breathe. I almost felt like hyperventilation. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Of like, it's almost like a... Feels uh, as, yes. I think that's what I associated with. So I think that's why if it always feels a little scary once I start it because it feels unnatural and it feels like I'm inducing a panic or something like that. That never yeah. happened. But so there was a, definitely a moment where it felt really hard. So she taught me the breath and then I lay down. I had my camera on, my computer, you know, in a position. Oh, and I had my Air, uh, AirPods in. Yeah. So I had my AirPods Because they play music, right? Yeah. Exactly. Music is a part of it. Yes. Music was a very big part of it. Yeah. At first, it's like she's taking the breaths kind of with me. So my eyes are closed. I have the eye pillow and I'm doing the... Just like getting into the rhythm of it. It takes a while. And she's doing it also. And she's just like, you're doing great. Good job. You know, just some encouragement. And then after a while, she just kind of started talking less and less. And then would be like, okay, like, let's speed it up while there is music. Mm-hmm. And my first experience was like, this is really hard. Why did I do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have 30 more minutes of this type of breathing. And I'm also, and I'm just feeling like this is a labored breath. Like it takes a physical toll. Yeah. And like, right, we've been in the pandemic at this point, it's been over a year. And, you know, all of our habits have changed, mine included, where I'm not really physically embodied as much as I used to be. Mm. Like, I'm not leaving the house as much. Yeah. You know, the type of exercise I do is still kind of sedentary. Like, my whole lifestyle has, like, been very sedentary. And it's also been very, like, 
cognitive. Like I feel like I've been missing the physical part of healing in general, but like it just in life currently. So it felt really hard. And there was like a moment where I was like, am I going to do this? Like, can I get through it? This is really hard. Why did I sign up for it? And I'm so insecure that she's watching me. There was just like a lot of fears that came up. Yeah. But then as I continued it, I found my rhythm and I found my step. And I felt like this like expanding in my chest. Mm-hmm. Like it just this really like, I could just explain it as a really yeah expansive and tingling, tingling in my chest, specifically my chest, my hands. And then I got into the rhythm and then it started to feel like, I got this. It's almost like running in a bit, like a mini yeah. marathon, like almost like not a hypnotic, I don't know, maybe hypnotic, like a meditative state. Yeah, meditative state. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hello, Mona, you're a therapist. You know healing is not easy. <laughs> you know, it's like, got it. Yes. And that's like, that's what I tell folks too. Like it's, especially if you haven't done something like this in a while, like it's difficult, but like you can do it. Like, you know, so then I was like, all right, cool. Like I got it. And then I was thinking, so, okay, that like helped me get through it. So there, that was like kind of transformative in that end. And the other thing is like, she's watching me. Like, uh, I, and also it was like a hot day. That's why the window was open. And like, I didn't wear a bra and I was just like, oh my God, this is like, I hope nothing pops out. Like I just <laughs> got kind of like self-conscious. And then I was like, hello, Mona. Like, okay, another like moment of like me teaching myself things. I was like, you know, and this is part of my work too. Of, like, can I just be my just true authentic self around anybody around a stranger. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of the work that I'm doing now is like, you know, HR, like diversity, equity, inclusion, like let's create psychological safety for folks. And like, you know, let's create brave spaces. And, you know, it's like so intentional. And I was just, and I, you know, agree with all that. And I'm like, well, can I just do that for myself with this Mm. perfect stranger? Can I create my own psychological safety? Mm can I sort of like let go of whatever I think that she's thinking of me? Like, can I just be okay in myself, in my body right now? And that thought just kind of put me to this, like, again, now we're breathing and then there's like this really beautiful music. And <laughs> I think that's when I first started crying. I started crying a little bit at that point. Cause I was yeah. like, that was like really profound for me. Like, can I create my own psychological safety? Cause yeah, I, you know, that's point. right. Like that's my goal. I mean, maybe it's other people's goals too. I just want to be my pure, like true authentic self in all spaces, you know? And that's just usually kind of hard for me. It takes me a while to warm up. So yeah. Yeah. So that was like a really cool experience. This one I can relate to a little more because I've done it, but it's like, you know, it sounds like it creates this Wait, All of a sudden, like the okay part of your brain comes on like that. I've had that experience where it's like, you know, we're so used to just being in worry and what ifs. And that's almost like the dominant state, like most of us are in. Mm -hmm. And then there's the state when you're just like, oh yeah, actually there's no problem here. In fact, it's like really good. Or you can see it from a different perspective. And I just feel like at some point in the process, and it sounds like that's what happened for you, this part of you that's like, oh, it's actually okay. And like, hey, there's actually like a solution right here that wasn't visible, but like now it is, you know? Totally, right. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And because there's like that physical, at first, a physical discomfort that I kind of leaned into and then it turned into like, like I said, like a meditative state. Even being like, okay, I got through that. I got scared and then it became okay. And then I wonder if that kind of helps open up those channels as well. Because what was starting to happen also was that my arms were clamped. My right hand completely clamped up to my chest. 
Oh, wow. My thumb was like folded into my palm. Like glued? Okay. Glued. I couldn't get it out. And then it was like stuck. And <laughs> it's just like. Which is part of, there's something called tetany. This isn't like where you get claw hands. Claw hands. But you saying yours went up to your chest and you were kind of like, you were making a four. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like that kind of felt. I've had something similar last time. So I remember like, okay, this is like a normal thing. I remember when it first happened, I was like, ah, right. call, <laughs> call the ambulance. I'm stuck. Yeah. But like this one, I was like, got it. This Again, it's a very physical, it's such an embodied experience. And like when we think about healing, I think a lot of us just think of therapy or like talking, talking through right. things. Like the physical pieces for me, I know is missing. And it's such an important one. Yeah. It was so important. Like, oh, and there was a point like when I was physically uncomfortable, like when I was feeling tingly and like it was hard, I had a coughing fit. So I could not stop coughing. Mm. And then like, I was starting to tear up a little bit. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I'm like, what's coming up? I feel like I was coughing out something. Like something was just like mm. needed to like be released. And so after the coughing fit, that's when the flow started. That's when I got into the flow of the breath. Yeah. And then like there, she was like, okay, like, I know she's talking throughout it. Like it's hard for me right now to recall, but I think it was just yeah. like, you're doing good. Now let's like release. And then she was like, okay, we're good. Let's scream, you know, as loud as you can. And I was like, <laughs> so I put the eye pillow on my mouth to scream because <laughs> I didn't want to scare the neighbors too much. I honestly, I wish I shut the window because <laughs> I really wanted to let out a good scream. So I did a medium scream <laughs> and that just felt really nice. And then I just, yeah, again, I got into it and then, she was like, it was the final song. So she was like, you're doing great. So let's start to slow back down, you know, like slow back down the breath. And the last song that she played was Let It Be, the John Lennon mm. song. But it wasn't John Lennon's version. It was like a woman's singer and it like was a little like slower and acoustic version. It was really, really pretty version of it. And that was so profound. And also I was very clear. My brain just felt yeah. very clear. And I immediately thought of my old therapist. So my old therapist passed away. She was very, like a very spiritual, like, you know, flowy, like older lady. Um, and this was before my own spiritual journey. So she would say things, you know, like, and I went to her because my mom passed away. So I yeah. was going to her for grief counseling. And she'd always be like, you know, I'd be like really sad and crying. I miss my mom again when she's gone. And she'd be like, well, what if she's sitting right next to you? Like, I think she might be sitting right next to you on this couch. And I'd be like, what is this lady talking about? And I would like try to do the work of like talking to my mom, like looking at the couch next to me. And then I remember like trying to be like, I'm sorry. I was like, Dr. Light, this is not working for me. Like, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't think mm -hmm. she's there. And she's like, okay, that's fine, you know. And then while I was in therapy with this woman, you know, you and I had this experience that we went to a, a psychic medium. Medium, yeah. We'll Thomas, have to get into that girl, <laughs> story. The Thomas John experience, the seatbelt psychic, the Hollywood psychic. Well, yeah. Well, all, the brief thing is out of a crowd of maybe a hundred or more, Abby got chosen in the audience <laughs> and had a full-on like 20-minute reading from your brother who passed away. Yeah. And it was so spot on. I recorded the whole thing, so there's yes. proof. It was so spot on. That was like, you know, BC, AD. Like that was the moment of like, uh, now I believe. Got it. There is things that we cannot see, but that are there. Exactly. And I remember being really excited to tell my therapist that I had this experience and all this good stuff. 
I remember she she was like, you know what? I, I think I helped you like open that portal. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, all right, lady. But like, <laughs> but probably who knows? I yeah. don't know how that stuff works. I'm not going to claim to know. Anyways, long story short, she would always quote Let It Be by John Lennon because John Lennon wrote Let It Be when his mother passed away. Oh, wow. And her name is Mary. You know, Mother Mary comes to me, let it be. He was like having, I don't know, a low point and his mom passed away. And he had a dream that his mom, Mary, came to him and said, let it be. That song was just like very like sentimental to me and she would always incorporate it. And then to have this like really intense, you know, breathwork session, you know, working through some of my own insecurities, like just feeling like meditative, very clear headed. And then have the final song be this beautiful like acoustic version of let it be like i was wailing girl like i was so i was like just broken down but in the best way it was just like you know we go through our day-to-day you know we get things done and it's so easy to forget that there is this like spiritual world and there's so much beauty around us and there's like our families who have like passed over or passed Mm -hmm. away like i believe that they are around and so it was just like a nice reminder yes of like Got it. I'm not alone. My mom is still there with me. Who knows? Maybe that therapist, Dr. Light. Like, what if she's also, like, guiding me and, like, looking after me and supporting me? You know, she was really integral to my healing. Anyways, so that was the last song. It was just, like... Wow. Like, full... Like, right. Such a, like... And that's, like, one of those things that you can't... There's no therapy modality that is going to be, like, here's how to give someone this experience. It all just came together in a way, like, you could never have planned. You know, and like, again, that can be like, feel like 10 years of therapy in like one session. Exactly. It was such a release. I mean, the physical release alone was just amazing. Yeah. So afterwards she was like, okay, that's it. Like, you know, so I'm like just bawling and I'm like, I probably look like a hot mess. (laughs) Maybe the insecurities are trying to come up a little bit, but I was like, I can't wait to tell her, you know, (laughs) my experience. So she's like, yeah, take your time. So I like waited a little bit. We had it in the daytime. So there was like some natural light coming into the room but i had all the lights off the minute i took off the eye pillow was just like this it just felt like my eyes were just locked shut it was actually felt really like hard to open my eyes Mm. the light was like almost burning yeah i mean i guess if you close your eyes for that long but not even like even when i wake up in the mornings after i sleep like it just felt like i couldn't open my eyes it was just like locked shut so it took me a while to like adjust to the light in the room i couldn't even like really see And then finally, when I looked, the camera was off, my computer camera. So I'm not sure if, oh, because I know if you're the whatever owner of the Zoom, like the host of Zoom, that you could, you could mute other people. You could turn off other people's cameras. We'll definitely have to ask her because my camera was off. So I was like, at what point did she stop Mm. looking? I don't mind either way. Oh, interesting. But there was something like, oh, nice. So that was like, I had a very like personal experience because I think part of it was like, there was a little insecurity of like. I mean, not insecurity, but like there's like a shared experience. And I was like, yeah, got it. The last part was like a very personal experience. That's good to know. Yeah. Wow. That sounds awesome. (sighs) It was great. I kind of want to do it like once a month. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It was really good. I loved it. And then at the end, yeah, she was just like, she held space. I actually thought she was a therapist until she said she wasn't in the middle of it because she was like, yeah. You know, we still have about 15 minutes. This is for you, whatever you want to share. Like, just so warm. And so I was, there was like just dots that I was starting to connect. Oh, like I had this experience, but this reminded me of this. And I was just sort of sharing it. And she's like, great. 
She's like, you know, I'm not a therapist, but it sounds like, and I was like, oh, you're not like, she was just, (laughs) yeah, she's, she's just a breathwork practitioner. Yeah. She's Um, great. But yeah, yeah, I mean, again, and it speaks to that thing of like, right. There's someone who could have 10 years of training and you're like, thank you. Yeah. And then it's really right. Like these things of like holding space and like, right. And she's well-trained in what she does, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's when people say like decolonized therapy. It's like, Mm. you know, these like systems that are kind of gatekeepy of like, well, you can heal and you cannot heal people. And I'm starting to see more and more of, yeah, I keep talking about this pandemic, but I feel like a lot of my friends who are not therapists, but are just like really great at holding space or like really knowledgeable in certain therapeutic things because of their own healing are running support groups and like just Mm -hmm. doing great work. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, good. We could find healing everywhere. You know, it's not just that traditional therapy room. And right. I really appreciated that. She really held space for me. It felt really nice to talk it through afterwards. And that was it. That was my experience with breath work. Well, and so how was it kind of the next few days? Did it kind of stay with you or did it quickly kind of dissipate? It stayed with me, you know, like anything else, you kind of have to go on to your day and your next thing. But, you know, I I talked to my partner about it um, Mm -hmm. and we had like a nice conversation around it. And you know what ended up happening? Because I think I did it on a Thursday or Friday. And that weekend, I actually had like a low point. It was, Mm -hmm. and that low, I mean, you know, that's part of the journey, right? The lows and the highs. Yeah. The lows meaning like there was a lot of things that got unearthed and it's for the better. Cause I feel like honestly, like before the session, there was just a lot of stuff brewing underneath the surface and like, I'm a very positive person. So I'm always like, whenever there's like a negative thought, I'm like, no, you're good girl. Like keep on going. Like, oh, just a little bump in the road. Like I kind of overdo it sometimes Mm. with the positivity. And I think I really like kind of sat with some like kind of, you know, deeper rooted things that I think were in there for a bit and needed to be excavated, let's say. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of journaling that weekend. So yeah, I think emotionally there was like a few lower points, but then like I did my own journaling and my own talking through and ultimately it's all for the good. And this, it all comes full circle at the beginning of the breath work of like, it's not easy. Healing can be painful. You know, there's Mm going to be things in there that we don't want to look at because it causes a lot of pain. But we need to look at it. We need to like kind of see it in front of us so we could interrogate it and then question it and make peace with it and understand it. And so I feel like, you know, possibly that was part of that journey of like helping like bring things to surface for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your takeaway on breath work? Like, what do you think is like your kind of nutshell, kind of what you're walking away with? Yeah, sure. So I would say do it. That That's yeah. all I'll say. Because yeah. especially if you're somebody like me who the healing has been more like brain-centered and, mm. and maybe even heart-centered, totally. but not like body-centered at all. That's a good point. I would recommend that for that physical release. And like we talk about this, right? Like our, you know, the body keeps the score. Like our issues are in our tissues. Like our bodies are holding on to so much, all that stress and tension. I got a massage a couple weeks ago and Mm. she was like, she was like, how's your jaw? I'm like, great. I don't clench. And then she like worked it out and it was just like, out. Yeah. Like I'm holding so much that I'm like not aware of at all. And she was like, yeah, there was actually a lot in there in the <laughs> jaw area. I was like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> completely unaware. So yeah, I would say like if you're interested in doing something more physical, 
you know, I don't think it would be like replacing another healing practice. I think it's a yeah. good addition to a healing practice. Yeah. And that is what's kind of nice about it, I think, is that you can, right, you don't have to like replace or do it. You don't have to do it every week. It's something you can do when it feels like you want to do it, you know? Totally. Yeah. I would say like, I want to do breath work regularly, maybe once a month and then maybe later, like once every few months. And, and like you said, as needed. I'm a believer. I really loved it. I had a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a lot of, I feel like there were some parallels with my ketamine journey. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like, it's the low level ketamine, although, cause I've done both. Like I kind of prefer breath. I mean, ketamine was super intense. So I kind of like breath work journeys, but I'm really excited to talk to Nikki and learn a little bit more about the practice. Yeah. And so, yes, we will be talking to Nikki next. So check out our episode where we interview Nikki about breathwork if you're curious about the practice and what the practitioner has to say about it. So that's it for today. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks again for joining us. Check out our show notes to learn more about this episode and to find all the ways to follow us. And remember, if you're curious, try it.